This is episode 84. Uh, this is Amats, and I'm here with B Pimp. B Pimp, how's it going? Going great, as well as it can. We have, I, I would agree with that. It's, it's going as great as it can, and we have a great episode. We are talking about our top five reality shows. So I'm excited for this. I have a lot of opinions about it. I have a lot of opinions too. Although <laughs> I suggested this list and stupidly halfway through, I'm like, I, I don't even really like most reality shows. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, eh, okay, we'll see how this goes. Um, but I think we probably still have definitive lists without a doubt. And of course I've got a whiskey to try, but before we even get there, I noticed when I started recording this episode, I could, I could smell something. And it was like, something was cooking. I think it was a meat. And then I learned, wait a minute. Is that, is that a bee's beef? I think it is. I think we've got some pretty serious bee's beef this week. I don't eat meat, but I've got beef. bee's beef. Bee's beef. Lay it on, bee. So... In recent weeks, we've seen a vast increase in TV ads referencing the coronavirus pandemic. Some are tone deaf, some are more reverent, all are somber. Every time I see one, I can't help but think about the companies and their allocation of resources. In order to turn around such well-produced commercials in such a short period of time, they must have very healthy advertising budgets. I wonder how much more effective our response to the crisis would be if some of that money went to help directly rather than trying to make sure I know Carvana can deliver a brand new car to my driveway. That is a legitimate beef. It was a serious beef. You brought it. And uh, yeah, it, it, it does make you think, you know, whether it's advertising or really anything, like sometimes it does feel like those, those resources could be allocated in a different way. Have you seen, have you, do you know what I'm talking about? Like I, we watch a lot of streaming services, so I'm, I'm sure the ads are different than like terrestrial TV ads, but like I just noticed that they start it, it pretty quickly transitioned from like the ads are just stale because they don't reference it to like these overly serious, like we ha- we're here with you. Like, and I understand like that's better than just ignoring it, I guess. But how can you like that quickly make these so polished looking ads that, you know, that seems to me a little bit like that part weird. is weird. Yeah. I, I haven't actually seen a ton of commercials referencing it. And I think it in part because, we do watch streaming services, but lately we've been watching more Netflix. So, oh yeah, virtuals on it. I haven't really listened to the radio or anything. So I think I have just frankly missed a lot of it. Um, but I do think it's funny when I'm like in my email inbox and every company that I've ever bought anything from or just like browsed their website or even some of them, like I don't know how these people have my email address, need to tell me what they're doing with the COVID-19 crisis. Yes. The like, business continuity plans. Yeah. I, I don't like need to know that from almost every company that's emailing me. I don't care. Yeah. That's the other part. It's just very strange. Like I don't understand. I understand that like it feels more appropriate to address it than to like not because it's so pervasive and like everybody's affected by it pretty much, but it's, it's just something off. Like I, I don't know why I'm, I know that like, What's the weirdest one I've gotten? Like, I don't know. I, well, here's the other part of it. Like some services are giving things that I think are good. Like the athletic made 90 days 
free trials for their um, sports writing coverage. But oh, like, really? Whoa, I'm going to hit that one up. Well, yeah, but like how much of that is them saying, okay, people need access to information, even if it's sports, or we hope a lot of these people won't cancel this at the end of the 90 days. And then we have a lot more subscribers. Like that could be a cynical view of it, but I just feel like a lot of this is a little weird. Like some of the stuff we're hearing from businesses during this. Yeah. One of mine is like, that I think is the funniest is uh, GoDaddy, which like I have my website through them and I'm literally trying to get it out of GoDaddy and I can't seem to successfully like move my domain name from GoDaddy to Wix, which is the like what I actually use for hosting. But so that's just aggravating. I don't want them to email me, period. I get emails from Hostel World, which is funny because I haven't like traveled in a youth hostel in a long time. So that like doesn't make a difference. But yeah, there's some weird ones out there. Yeah. I just had to, you know, that's, these are things that we notice in society. So sometimes my bees beast will be a little bit crazy, but I, you know, that, that was sticking in my crawl. No, I, I think that's legit. Like sometimes maybe they will be tongue in cheek, but if there's a legit beef, it needs to be aired. It needs to be out there in the public. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to try my whiskey. So this one, this one is already, and I hate to start the episode like this, already rubbing me the wrong way. Let me tell you a little bit about this whiskey. And I haven't tried it yet, but it's uh, Clyde Mays Original Alabama Style Whiskey. Now, I admit, it just says Alabama Style. But my assumption going in was this, oh, this is made in Alabama. It's not made in Alabama. It's not even made like in Mississippi or like Kentucky. I, I would think like, okay, those are very close. Um, I'm okay with that. But it's not made in Alabama. I'm reading the back of the bottle and it says distilled in Indiana. Indiana? Indiana? And if that's not enough, it's bottled in Auburndale, Florida. Florida? How did Florida worm its way into this? I, I don't understand this. So already I'm like three states. This is too much. But I, I'm, I'm going to try to let that go and just try it. Uh, so again, it's an original Indiana style whiskey. Um, and it's, uh, I got a nice big bottle here. So I hope it is good. Uh, it's 85 proof. And yeah, we're just going to try it out. Oh, the distillery, by the way, it, it's actually very, uh, it's called Conicu. Conica? I don't know. It's C-O-N-E-C-U-H, Ridge. So, and it's, it's been around since 1946. Wow. Yeah, right? I do like the, I like the yellow that's on the label. I do too. I actually do like the bottle. So I've got uh, a little bit on the rocks. Let's see how Clyde Mays stacks up. Ooh, this one noticeably darker than your last one. Yeah, it is a little bit dark and... Almost, I mean, sometimes the ice masks this a little bit, but I would say almost has no smell, which is kind of weird. Hmm. Yeah. I can't tell what I think about that, but I'm going to give it the taste. Okay. It's a moment of truth. We got a first sip here. Clyde Mays. There's a lot of thought happening. There's a lot of thought. There's kind of a lot going on with this. Unlike my last whiskey, which... Part of me was torn on, but really didn't have a, enough going on. Didn't have quite enough flavor. This one actually does have flavor. And it's got a bit of a bite, but, and 
it's actually got a bit of a deep burn to it at the end. Got a good like chest burn from it, which I kind of like. It's 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 got better warming than even most bourbons, I would say. It's almost like the song "Burn" by Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say next. Yep, I knew it. I had to beat you to it. It's kind of a double dip, even before we start the top five. <laughs> uh, yeah, on my second taste, it's. I wish I wish it was a little like more forward in a certain way i like i can't tell exactly what it's trying to be and and i think that was the problem you sort of had with the 1792 as well yeah but that said i i think it's pretty good i'm okay that this whiskey hasn't really picked a lane um so and i'm not just doing this because we've given two boots in a row but i think this is legitimately a, a pretty decent whiskey i'm gonna put this the Clyde Mays original Alabama style whiskey onto the smooth train. Wow. It overcame its, it's a shell game of States mm-hmm. that made it to get on the smooth train. That's impressive. Yeah, that was, it was a strike against it. Actually late breaking news. I just had a third sip and I didn't really like it. Oh, <laughs> I'm taking it back. Oh no. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, Oh man, I, I feel terrible for this. Clyde Mays, I know they had already like broken out the champagne and we're starting a party over at the distillery. Yeah, because we live stream to their this, distillery. And this is why we need to do the third sip every time now because I just had the third sip and, and something about that third sip was just like, actually, no. And I'm going to be true to myself. It's fine that we gave two boots in a row and it's fine that we're giving three boots in a row. We have to be honest with our listeners about what we're what we are recommending. Like, what are we if if we're as good as our word? And I, I got to be honest. I'm just rather than admit a mistake on a future podcast or way down the line, I'm owning up to my mistake right now. This is not on the smooth train. I revoked its ticket. The train didn't leave the station, so it's okay. And I'm giving Clyde Mays the boot. <laughs> wow. It's the first ever like fake smooth train. Yeah. Man, the, the two whiskeys I've had um, from this episode and then the, the, the whiskey two episodes ago, whose name already escapes me, like they've just been the barreliest of boots. The Balcones. Yeah, the Balcones. Thank you. Um, but they both are. I gotta be honest. Well, now you're stuck with two bottles full of boot whiskey. <laughs> I know. They're like they're the 750 milliliter bottles too. They're like a lot of whiskey. So oh, well. you're gonna be drinking some boots. Yeah, I've got ginger ale. I've got some root beer. It'll be good. You could spruce it up. Yeah. Um. All right. Sorry for the fake out, everybody. I didn't want to do that, but I'm uh, I'm afraid it's another boot. Uh. So we got to talk our top five list. We are talking about our top five. Uh, reality shows uh, so without further ado let's get into it these are our top five reality shows more than four less than six it's the top five all right be pimp uh what is your number five reality show bad boys bad boys cops oh shit i was not even thinking about cops great pick i think um 
I just was reading about it for some reason and it's been on since like 1987 or something. It's still on. Like it's, it's like the Simpsons of reality shows. I had no idea that show was still on. Yeah. It's on another network. I think it's like Paramount network or something like that. Like it's just still going. I have conflicting feelings about it because it's like, in a way it does perpetuate the uh, kind of some stereotypes that I'm not a big fan of and like glorifies certain style of police work and all this stuff. But like, it's very interesting that they came up with that idea to do that. Like that yeah. early. It, it kind of is. Inter- it seems like weirdly ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, okay. Great pick. Um, my number five is survivor and I'm giving it to survivor. Not because I've watched it in the last 18 years. Cause I haven't, but based on the first season alone, like I, I don't think I can't think of too many shows that more people watch together than that show. I saw every episode of the first season, which to me is insane because I like rarely do that, and I still like remember some of the people from it. And it was like such a big deal that like everybody knew these people. Like even uh, somebody like I don't remember who the girls what the girl's name was, um, but she finished like maybe in the top ten, and somehow that was like enough fame to be in like a Rob Schneider movie. <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Which granted, you don't need a, a lot of fame to do that, but like, it was like a cultural moment. Yeah. I, I left it off because I don't like it, but I do recognize what you're saying. Like, I agree with you. I think it was, I think it's been one of the most successful, but I just, I like, I can't imagine watching it. I just, I don't know. I think I saw the first season too because apparently everybody did, but I don't know. Yeah. All right. What's your number four? Um, my number four is Real Housewives. I didn't specify a town. I know there's multiple. Lisa watches New York the most, so I'll probably say New York. Okay. Which there's some. What are they doing right now? Well, I know there's an Atlanta one that's been on for a while. There's New York. There's LA, the original. And then I don't know if there's more than that. There might have been more that like started and stopped already. Mm hmm. Um, I do think I'm not sure. I think that there was at least casting for one because I remember seeing something about that. Mm -hmm. But um, the reason I put it there is because I think it's a successful franchise because they found a way to, even though I don't think their intention is to expose like this is what happens when you're rich and you have nothing to do like that's kind of what they're doing is just showing like what, like, I think you could look back at it in 50 years and like whatever the country looks like at that point, they're going to go, there was multiple cities where they like just filmed these people for years and years. And there's like after shows at A&E, like celebrating them. And like, it just like, it's an amazing thing to me. Yeah, it is just that they've done that many versions of that show and that they're all like popular and like how you mentioned, it's not just the show. It's like the, the after show that they are, are they all on Bravo? Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 It's like incredible. And they become like celebrities. Yeah. They're celebrities because they're on a show that purports to say that they were all along, which I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's very weird. Yeah. All right. My number four is first 48. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I don't talk, like there are a lot of real crime shows that I like. I first, I didn't count some of them. Like 
Another one that I like is Homicide Hunter with uh, Joe Kenda, but that one doesn't actually have any real footage. So that doesn't count. Wait, which one is that? I haven't heard of that. Oh my God, it's good. Homicide Hunter with Lieutenant Joe Kenda. I actually even read his book. His book's not very good, but like the show is good. He basically is just like an old detective retired from Colorado Springs who just has like a really great like storytelling way about him. And so he tells, talks about all of his old, old cases. I got to check that out. Oh my God. You should definitely watch it. I think it's on, pretty sure it's on investigation discovery. I'll look for it. But yeah, first 48 is good because it is, it, it doesn't like, it focuses specifically on what's happening. Um, it doesn't really have like a whole lot of, I feel like you, you don't know how it's going to go either. Like they could be successful or not. Um, and it's just like, it's just intriguing to watch. And I like the premise of like the show. It's, it's a bit of a loose premise, but the show is like, you know, you figure it out in the first 48 or your chances drop like significantly. Um, and so I, I kind of like the running clock uh, on it too. I added it to my, in the interest of um, full of disclosure, I added it to my honorable mentions now that you mentioned it. Nice. All right. Uh, what is your number three? My number three is recent sensation on Netflix, Love is Blind. Mm. I thought about this one myself too. Even though I missed a couple episodes, I couldn't do it, but let's hear it. Okay. So if you haven't, if you're one of the few people that hasn't watched it, the fact that the, here's the reasons I had to put it on Nick Lachey and his wife, Vanessa Hudgens. Used I think to, it's a different Vanessa. It, she used to be Vanessa Hudgens. And now she's Vanessa, Vanessa Lachey. Is that wrong? I think Vanessa Hudgens is a different person. Okay. So it's Vanessa Lachey mm-hmm. used to be Vanessa something else. I don't know, <laughs> but um, they made this show which is crazy. It was also like filmed a couple years ago and it just now is airing. That's an interesting part of it. I I actually like that. It's weird. It's dated. Yeah. Like these people were walking around just like interacting with everyone and nobody knew that they were on the show. There was something that they captured about the way they set the show up where like people started out the year in these pods where like couldn't see each other and they could just talk. And the way that that caught on in the show where like they would refer to how we were in the pods and like, there was just this something it's like interesting to me from a sociological perspective of like, why were they able to get these people into this mindset where like they acted so differently and just became different people. And then they would reference it the rest of the show when they weren't in the pods anymore. It's fascinating to me. So I had to put it on. Yeah. I, that show, and I'll say this, like it's actually, this is not a double dip. But the premise of the show is very close to my number three, at least in its uh, initial like few episodes. So my number three is The Voice. Oh, yeah. And the Voice and Love is Blind are similar in that like you don't see who's singing and you just pick based on that. And that's like kind of the initial gimmick of the show. Um, and I think The Voice has like gone through different iterations. And I, I, I think like, the first couple rounds are pretty interesting. And then after that, it's like a normal reality show, but maybe a little bit better. Uh, And then like love is blind for me had the issue of the, the, those first couple episodes with the blind uh, when they're in their pods were interesting, 
And then to me, after that, the show like kind of fell apart. Yeah. It was like it was like overproduced. Oh yeah. I wouldn't argue with it. It's also weird that like Nick Lachey and Vanessa something something are the hosts, I guess, but they're like barely in it. Mm-hmm. So I I can't like everybody's watched it. Um, it seems like, and I, the couples were interesting. Like they were more interesting people than you see usually on those dating shows. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, I want to see them somehow like, like have the, the back two thirds of the show, like have that same level of interest that the first couple episodes had. Yeah. And that turned into just like another show. And it's like so weird that they actually have to go to the altar and then decide. Yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, but that was my number three, The Voice. Um, I think out of all the singing competition shows, it's definitely the best. Yep. And I think they've, I haven't watched it like all that much, like not regularly, but um, I watched most of the first season and like we'll catch it here and there. Uh, but I, I think generally they they've done a better job like the actual celebrities they get to be judges they i don't know if it's like they just do a better job than they do on a lot of shows yeah i agree a little more casual they let them kind of just be themselves a little bit um so I, i think they've done a good job of that uh but what's your number three or number two i should say number two for me is real world Ooh. That and the reason I put it there is more like I recognize its role in popularizing what we know as a reality show, and I recognize the early seasons that I did see. There was some compelling television there. It gave it gave me the vibe of like HBO has a lot of documentaries that I wouldn't consider reality television, but they're like gritty and like they let people talk the way that they talk about what they actually want to talk about, and it's it's this like early nineties kind of feeling to it where it wasn't, everything wasn't so corporatized and like monetized and like everything. It was just, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just throw interesting people in a, in a house. I mean, I know it was produced. I'm not naive and like, this is exactly how they were, but it just seems a little bit closer to reality. Um, and I think that that played a huge role in it. I didn't keep up with the series. I don't watch it. I don't watch like the challenge. I don't watch any, anything else from it. Um, but I think it's, so important in the history of the genre that I had to put it there. That's fair. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever watched an actual season of The Real Is it still on? I'm pretty sure in some form. It's, it, it, I know there's the Real World, Real World Road Rules Challenge is still on, okay. but I don't know if like they do new seasons of Real World. Do, do you have a favorite season of Real World? The only one that I could identify is the one with that guy... Um, the guy who had like the bleach blonde hair, he looked, he was like an, he became like a actor afterwards. Uh, I don't remember. It was like very early on. It was like 93, 94, huh. like one of the earliest seasons. That's the only one I actually watched. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I was always like, they did them in pretty much every major city in the U S I know there's like a real world Seattle. Yeah. There, there probably was a San Francisco one, although I have no idea if there was now. Like they did it. They, like it was just an interesting concept when it, when it came about. Yeah. All right. Good. Number two. Uh, my number two is this one was hard because I actually kind of hate this show. 
but I've seen it so much at this point that it's just, I don't know, part of my life, but it's the bachelor bachelorette franchise. And actually I'm going to also throw in, I had this separated initially, but I'm just going to throw it in there. Bachelor in paradise, which is probably the best show out of them. Maggie watches it pretty religiously. She also listens to podcasts about it. And now we have like friends who also watch it. So it's just, there's a lot of bachelor talk in the household. Um, And it's already a show that's two hours a week, sometimes more. It's like crazy. It's like the shittiest movie you've ever seen every week. (laughs) (laughs) I put this on my honorable mention specifically because of Maggie's passion for it, because I was like, I have to recognize that, but I can't watch it myself. No, I, I had to recognize it for that too, because it's out of all the reality shows, it's the one I've seen the most, like without question, but I couldn't put it number one. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, what's your number one? My number one is Love Island UK. Mm. Maggie started watching this a little bit. Yeah. I'm a recent uh, convert. I, my sister told me, um, it's kind of one of those things where like my sister usually recommends good things to me to watch. And I was like, she was here and she was like, yeah, we watched her and her boyfriend watch love Island UK. And they were like, it is so wild. You have to watch it. And I was like, okay. And I was like sticking around in my head. And then Lisa and I were looking for something to watch. And it was like, it's on Hulu all the seasons. We watched the most recent one that just came out earlier in 2020. And it is so good. It's just, I can't describe like, Something that is, there's absolutely no stakes. Like they've managed to make a compelling show just by finding, like just by finding the right mix of people and like having like really cutthroat producing, like everybody's happy today. So we're going to like make them kick somebody off. Like they just, it's just so good. It's so interesting. And it's like, it's basically, and you get to see like all these different, the UK one is the one that I would recommend. Like the American one, I'm sure is awful. And the Australian one that we have actually watched is bad, but the UK one is just perfect. It's just like the best. And they do a new cast every time. Yeah. It's a new cast every time. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I, I am curious. I think a no stakes show can totally work. Like weirdly, I didn't love it, but like Jersey Shore kind of worked. And it was no stakes. Well, yeah, it's, it's just if the people are interesting enough. Yeah. Essentially. You just like, got to get the right mix of Italians. Exactly. <laughs> From the right part of the country. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I can't, I can't recommend Love Island UK enough. Okay. I'm, I'm going to check that out. I'll give it a chance. Uh, all right. My number one is Top Chef. All right. And Fair enough. I haven't seen... I haven't... Well, I haven't had Bravo in a bunch of years, so I haven't actually watched the show in probably five, six, seven years, maybe. I think the last season I watched was Seattle, whenever that was. Um, But I love food. I love actually learning about cooking, which makes me think I need to watch, makes me think I should watch the British Bake Off show too, although baking's not really my thing. I am curious about that show, but Top Chef, the hosts like and judges between like Padma and Tom Colicchio are like a perfect judging combo. Like, I don't know why that works so well, but it totally does. Um, and yeah, I just 
went through a phase of really liking that show and i think it's like pretty well made it's not too gimmicky i mean it's definitely produced but it's not like they don't focus too much on like contestant drama with each other sometimes they do too much but like for the most part uh they don't and i I really like it for that i agree i can't i'm not into most of the cooking shows so i couldn't put any of those on my list but i can't argue at least it watches it i see it it's like definitely well done Mm -hmm. it feels like it is kind of in a whether you like it or not it does feel like it's in a different class kind of yeah a reality show yep i agree all right what are your honorable mentions oh i have a lot so i'm gonna go real quick um joe schmo show do you remember that Mm -mm. it was a fake reality show that was on spike in the early 2000s where they managed to get like 10 or 12 people that didn't realize they were on a fake show and have them act like they were on a real reality show for like a year. Wow. So that's, yeah, it's amazing. Um, The bachelor, because of what I mentioned earlier, first 48, because respect from you mentioning it, Um, forensic files, which is a really good one. It's not really quite a reality show. I don't think because it's more of a documentary, but like, it's just so good. I would, I think that's why I didn't put it on my list. I've actually seen it a ton, but I was like, does this count? I don't know. It probably doesn't, but so then dog the bounty hunter because something happened with him. I don't know if he's like a, somehow I saw him get like a bunch of negative press recently. So I don't know if this is like fair to talk about anymore, but I thought the show was good. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? Oh, Billy the exterminator from A&E, which was on in like the early or mid to late two thousands for like five or six seasons. It was like an interesting family of exterminators in the South in the U S that, they just made like a show about their, like their business. And it was for some reason, fascinating to me, the voice also, because you reminded me, like I do watch that. Um, I think great British bake off and the kids baking championship shows are both kind of interesting for different Ooh, reasons. The kids one would be good. I'd watch that. Yeah. They, they have some interesting characters. And then my last one is um, MSNBC does a lot of like lockup shows where they do like inside a prison Oh, and some of those are good. Some of those are really interesting. Plus, I think it's like a good public service to show people like what's going on in prisons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good picks. I I put, we sometimes watch America's Got Talent, Jersey Shore. Some episodes of Queer Eye are really good. The newer one. Uh, and Intervention, just because, I mean, Intervention's sad. But I put it on my list because there is one freaking hilarious episode where this woman is addicted to a keyboard cleaner or something. Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. It's the one episode of that show, like, you cannot take seriously. Yeah, it's like... bad for not being able to, but it is, like, so ridiculous. The woman is, like, sucks. I don't even know what else to say. Yeah. But, and then like the addiction itself is like so ridiculous that I like almost don't believe it. I, I have to watch that again, like today because of you reminding me of that. Yeah. I thought it was honestly for a while. I thought it was a parody episode of it. <laughs> it, seems, it does have the vibe of it parody. Does. Yeah. But it's not, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, if there are some reality shows that we forgot about and we probably did, but there's a shit ton of reality shows out there. Uh, then let us know at our Twitter handle. That's at whiskey sessions, or let us know via email whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com. And we will get to your emails now. 
So without further ado, these are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails, and now we'll read them. All right, B-Pimp, what is in the old email inbox? I got another unsigned email. So it reads, um, one time I had a nightmare that I was a whiskey that I preferred neat, but I was stuck in the Arctic Ocean and it was perpetually on ice. How has your day been going? Interesting. Um, I like the sudden like left turn into just asking us how our day is going. Uh, but I also appreciate like sharing the nightmares. I, or I mean, is it really a nightmare? It, no, I think of it as, um, you know, the ones where like, People will say they were late for class or like you're stuck. You can't remember your locker combination and you're just stuck there like trying to open your locker. Those like stress dreams. Like I feel like it's one of those. My stress dream is always teeth falling out. You have a dream where your teeth just fall out? Yeah. I, I don't think that's that uncommon either. I th- I've heard of other people having that dream. But how? what is the form it takes? Like you just, you keep losing one tooth at a time? I think so, yeah. like they get loose and then they just fall out that is a bad dream it's terrible (laughs) and then the worst part is i can't do the locker combo (laughs) (laughs) to get your backup teeth yeah that's where i keep my teeth yeah it's uh no that's a a good email Uh, did you have any any answer to the second part of that email uh my day's okay day's okay cool uh getting better slash more buzz um, all right. My email says, gentlemen, I recently tried one of the whiskeys you deemed to be bootworthy, Samuel Grant, and I thought it was a fine bourbon. Did you make a mistake or is it perhaps your reviews that are bootworthy? And this is from Sam in Bardstown, Kentucky. Huh. <laughs> I mean, Interesting. Is there anything particular, like... Is there anything that we should be paying attention to about where this person's from and like what their name is? I don't think so. I mean, it could be any Sam from Bardstown, Kentucky, right? Yeah, I would say maybe, yeah, the beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I think if you don't like our reviews, you shouldn't just automatically decide that it's your fault. It could be our fault. Yeah, um, that's, you know what I didn't know when I saw this email was in the old inbox and I was like, okay, Samuel Grant, refresh my memory. Uh, and it was one that we both had and we both gave it a boot. What I didn't know is that it's actually a store brand for Safeway slash Vons. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that weird or what? Wait, so how did we, cause I feel like we got that here mm-hmm. in the Chicago area. So that is another question because Dominic's doesn't exist anymore. I don't know how we got it. I feel like that was one that we got at like a random liquor store in the, in Chicago by your old place. Okay. Maybe, I, maybe I they would have like carried like that. That's very strange. Yeah. But it is a store brand. And after seeing that, I, you know, I have nothing against it, but I defend its boot. Yeah. We booted it correctly. And I don't care what this obviously random Sam from Bardstown, Kentucky says about it. Samuel Gant. Yeah. Uh, All right. If you have an email to send us, uh, please do. And we'll read it on a future episode of the show. Uh, Our email again is whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. But that does it for this episode. Be pimp. Do you have any words of listen? Oh, any words of listen. Do you have any words of wisdom 
to leave our listeners off with? Listen to the words of listen because they will guide you in the right direction, Samuel Gant. For some reason, words of listen makes me think of like sounds of silence. Yeah. The words of listen. Sounds pretty good, right? That's a new song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Until next time. Uh, this is Amen. Sam, peace out. Be pimp. Words of listen. Bye. Bye.